If you have your Bibles, turn to Ezekiel 33. Now, this is a really interesting passage, and, and uh, Ezekiel is kind of an extreme guy. And if, you've, if you're new today, I just want you to remember that, or just wanted to let you know that we've been reading the Bible through as an entire church family. We've been challenging uh, our church to do this. And I really want to encourage you to jump in with us. Now, normally, on Sunday morning this year, we've been preaching through a passage that we read this past week. What's interesting about Ezekiel 33, and one thing I want to point out, this is a passage you're going to read on Wednesday. And, and, I th and I wanted to process it beforehand just a little bit because I think it's an important passage, especially as we consider the second coming of Christ. And this is something that I think every believer, and as you read through the Bible, you cannot help but consider the second coming of Christ. Again, as you read the Bible, you can't help but expect the second coming of Christ because these are just revealed in Scripture. And as, as followers of Christ, we have something unique when it comes to thoughts about the end of the world. Uh, a lot of people think about the doomsday and the end of the world, but we have this gift of revelation this gift of the Bible. And so I think it's important for us to recognize this. And, and it's been challenging as we've considered passages like Ezekiel and Jeremiah. We were in Lamentations today, which was Jeremiah uh, kind of encouraging today. It's one of the encouraging spots of Jeremiah, but because he was the weeping prophet. You have Ezekiel that was a pretty extreme guy, a pretty tough guy, um, called to speak to the children of Israel who were in just flat-out rebellion against God. And this was a big deal. Um, and in Ezekiel 33, uh, Ezekiel was, was called to be a watchman on a wall. And, and I think there's some interesting things we can learn with our calling. So let's stand together. In our church, we stand in honor of God's Word. We're going to read verses 1 through 9 together, but we're going to hover kind of over Ezekiel 33 today. So let's read 1 through 9 and just kind of engage the Word um, directly. Verse 1, the Word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, speak to your people and say to them, if I bring the sword upon the land on a land, and the people of the land take a man from among them and make him their watchman. And if he sees, sees the sword coming on the land and blows the trumpet and warns the people, then if anyone who hears the sound of the trumpet does not take warning and the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet and did not take warning his blood shall be on himself. But if he had taken warning, he would, not, he would have saved his life. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet so that the people are not warned, the sword comes and takes anyone away, that person is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at the watchman's hand. So you, son of man, I have made a watchman for the house of Israel." Whenever you hear the word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. If I say to the wicked, O wicked one, you shall surely die, and you do not speak to warn the wicked to turn from his way, that wicked person shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. 
But if you warn the wicked to turn from his way and he does not turn from his way, that person shall die in his iniquity, but you will have delivered your soul. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you. You may be seated. Now, now you got to understand some context here that Ezekiel's the prophet. And he had a specific calling to go to the people of Israel. And the people of Israel were facing judgment. He was predicting judgment. He was saying, judgment is coming. Now, Ezekiel, that, for, that wasn't a popular message. But, but I'll tell you, it's very important. It's very interesting as you look at the prophets of the Old Testament and their messages of judgment, because what, what Ezekiel was saying was, hey, look, you're, uh, there's, a, there's judgment coming your way. And it was tragic because the children of Israel were disobeying God. And, and, and the tragedy of that is they, they knew the blessing of God. They, they had been given the word of God. They, they understood his name. They had, they had been delivered by the Lord. They had, been, they had experienced God's protection and God's blessing and God's gifting. And yet they, they like so many of us, we're tempted to just follow the same route that, that God, we want to go our own way. And, and here was God's people. We've got to recognize this. The people of God were in rebellion. That's tragic. And so God sent a prophet to them saying, look, I want to warn you about this coming judgment. Now, once you, New Testament believers, we, 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 we see how it all unfolds, how God was writing this story of redemption as he was pointing to the cross. But, but I'll tell you, what I want to do today is really learn some lessons from this calling of Ezekiel, because as New Testament believers, I think we have a similar calling. We, we just had dinner with the pastor. We finished, finished it last week, and and we have it every six weeks or so, and it's the way we join our church. And every time we have dinner with the pastor, we talk about our core values. And, and you know, just to remind you of our core values, we are a people that believe the Bible. We stand on the Word of God here. And this is very important. God's Word shapes our thinking. It, it, it helps us adjust our practices and our beliefs. God's Word trumps what we believe and what we, what we practice. We allow God's Word to have authority. We are a people, we are a group, a church that worships Christ here. We, we strive not to be personality driven. And, uh, you know, we, we, we want to follow Jesus. We want to make his name known here. And not my Twitter handle, if you will, as you, the pastor. We follow Jesus here. That's a value that we worship the Lord. We give worth to Christ uh, we also challenge one another to live in community, to live together, to know one another, to walk together. But a fourth value that, that we talk about and we hold to is that we are called to be ambassadors for Christ, that we are called to, to represent Christ to the world. And, 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 and we get this from 2 Corinthians 5, 20 and 21. We get it from Ezekiel 33. Because, you know, this calling of, a, of, of the people of God, and let's recognize what the children of God were called to do. God called the, this family, he blessed them, and he said to them, you're going to be a priest nation, and out of you, the world is going to know my name. And that's true. That's what has happened is, is that in the Old Testament, the, the, the world was knowing the name of God through the children of Israel. 
And then, and then that pointed to a Messiah that was going to come out of, out of the children of Israel from the line of David, and, and, and beautifully and perfectly the prophets spoke, and it, and it happened in the first century, Jesus entered human history as, the, as God entered the world, and he, and he entered in a miraculous way, and then he lived this life that people were like, oh my goodness, you are, you got to be the Savior. And then, and then Jesus went to the cross, and he died on a cross. With, with a death that was substitutionary, meaning he, he paid the price for sin. You can trace it all the way back to Genesis 3. And, and then Jesus miraculously didn't just die, he rose from the grave, just like the prophet said, just like they, Jesus said he was going to do. And he conquered the grave and defeated sin and death and offers the gift of eternal life. And what Jesus did at that point is he established the church. And now the church is called to help the world understand who Jesus is. And like 2 Corinthians 5 says, that, that we were a new creation and, 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 and that he made us new. And, and then he, he, he gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that, that we are to go and take this ministry to, to let the world know that you can be right with God no matter what your lineage is, no matter where you came from. And here's what's amazing. We are a church full of Gentiles, uh, very few Jews in our church. We are Gentiles that that the message of the gospel came to us, and, and now we get to be Christ's ambassadors. It is as though God makes his appeal through us. And so you see this historic story of God raising up a people going, you're a watchman, and that's our calling. Look at verse 6. It says this, but, but if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet so that the people are not warned, and the sword comes and takes away, takes any one of them, that person is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at the watchman's hand. So you, son of man, I've made a watchman for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. I think there's something really important for us to catch today as we consider Ezekiel. Now, granted, he was a prophet. He was called to speak the, the word of God. At this time in his life, he was only allowed to speak what God said. Let's think of the implications of that. No more ch no chit-chat from his wife. I mean, they didn't have small talk. He was not allowed. Ezekiel was pretty extreme. If you really get into the dude's life, you're like, dude, this guy was intense. And he was. But he was called to speak the word of God. He was called to sound the alarm. Now, I understand the benefit of a good alarm. I grew up in Moore, Oklahoma. Guess what happens in Moore, Oklahoma? Big tornadoes. They're famous for big tornadoes. And, 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 and so my mom this summer got her second tornado shelter at our house in Moore, Oklahoma. So she gets to pick which one she goes into when the tornado siren goes off. But we're true Oklahomans, right? Um, so what happens when you're from Oklahoma and a tornado siren goes off? What do you do? Yeah, you go outside and look at it. How many of you do that like I do, right? Okay, I was like, oh, it's all cool, man. It's good. But, but I'm telling you what, we also understand from Oklahoma, when those big ones come, you can just tell, okay, this is going to be a big one today. Uh, this is, uh, let's keep our eye 
to the sky. Some weatherman said that, but I wish they would do that more often because they're mostly wrong. But, um, but, but you know what? We understand the value of a good warning. We understand the importance of a warning. Look, folks, as we consider the second coming of Christ, as we expect the second coming of Christ, Folks, if we are a church that doesn't speak up about Jesus, we are not faithful to what God has called us to do. And so we got to learn from Ezekiel today about this calling to be watchmen. And, and you know, as you, as you look at what he said and as you look at what he's calling the children of Israel to do, because one of the things you see in the children of Israel at this time, they were not being faithful watchmen. And so sometimes we look at the scriptures and go, oh, we shouldn't be like that. And this is one of them. And, and one of the things that they did not do, they weren't paying attention to the, the message of their lives. And I would challenge us today to pay attention to the message of your life. What does your life say? Look at verse 10. Look at what their lives say. And you, son of man, say to the house of Israel, thus have you said, surely our transgression and our sins are upon us, and we rot away because of them? How then can we live? Say to them, as I live, declares the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn back, turn back from your evil ways, for why will you die, O house of Israel? And you, son of man, say to your people, the righteousness of the righteous shall not deliver him when he transgresses. And, and as for the wickedness of the wicked, he shall not fall by it when he turns from his wickedness. And the righteous shall not be able to live by his righteousness when he sins. Though I say to the righteous that he shall surely live, yet if he trusts in his righteousness and does, in, and does injustice, none of his righteous deeds shall be remembered. But in his injustice... That he has done, he shall die. And again, I say, though I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, yet if he turns from his sin and does what is just and right, if the wicked restores the pledge, gives back to what he has taken by robbery, walks in the statutes of his life, not doing injustice, he shall surely live, he shall not die. None of the sins that he has committed shall be remembered against him. He has done what is just and right, he shall surely live. Yet your people say the way of the Lord is not just when it is their own way that is not just. When the righteous turns from his righteousness and does injustice, he shall die for it. And when the wicked turns from his wickedness and does, and does what is right and just, he shall live by this. Yet you say the way of the Lord is not just. O house of Israel, I will judge each of you according to his ways. And what you see is the children of Israel going, I want to go my own way. And God says over and over again all through the scriptures, look, I've given you a plan. I've laid out a plan for life. And if you follow me, you will live. You will experience joy and peace and, 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 and stableness. Like, like Jesus said at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, if you hear these words of mine and put them into practice, 
You're wise. When the storms come, you don't fall. But if you don't hear these words of mine and put them into practice, you're foolish, and you're like those that build their house on the sand. And when the storm comes, you fall with a great crash. Now, let's remember, he's talking to people who knew forgiveness, who knew the plan of God. They just rebelled against him. You know what was happening? They were not being faithful watchmen. And you know what's sad to me? So many times Christians live like they don't consider the return of Christ. They live like they don't expect the return of Christ. And as followers of Jesus in 2023, you and I are called to live it appears by everything that I read in my Bible in the season of the last days. And I pray that we live, we live like a faithful watchman. So you know, I think Ezekiel's pointing out some things. Their lives weren't matching, their walk wasn't matching their talk here. So can I ask you a question? Do you know the meaning of your name? Do you know what your name means? I think we should honestly consider the meaning of our name. I'm not talking about my name is Chris, it's rude as Christian. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about the the thing you put on a T-shirt when your child's born or, or a key ring or something. I'm talking about what does your name mean to those people that know you? What does your name mean to your neighbors, your coworkers, your family members? I think we ought to pay attention to the meaning of our name. Because if we're honest about that, that helps us become better watchmen. I think we ought to live with the church live with the church. This is, you know, the blessing of being a part of a church is we walk together. We push one another. We encourage one another. We hold each other up. We live with the church. I I think God's people were, were struggling to do that. They'd forgotten some things. They'd forgotten practices. They got, they got away from their calling. And that's why Ezekiel was such a bold prophet. And you know what else they didn't do? They, they didn't have disciplines in their life. I think it's valuable to build disciplines against sinful habits. You, you know what's interesting in the world today? We, um, m- so many Christians are silent. And can I tell you this? I want you to recognize this. That we live, like I, I said this when I came back from Europe a couple of weeks ago, months ago, a month ago or so, that, that Europe is so interesting because people have this attitude about faith. Hey, don't impose your faith on me. Just do whatever you want. There's this pressure to live your faith in private, but not in public. Do you realize that that right there, the, 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 this, this message is coming to the United States. Oh, you just live your faith. You, whatever's good for you, you just keep it to yourself. Do you realize that is a, that is a classic tactic from the satanic playbook? of calling us to be silent about our faith. 
we're to live our faith out loud by, by the way we live our lives. We're to live as a church. And, and, and you know, as a, as a church, as we love one another, as we care for one another, our community knows us. Like the Mission Center, when, when I'm so excited about what we get to do as we have, have helped over 1,000 people this month in, in our, in our, through the Mission Center. That's just like a day that ends in Y for the church, right? I mean, that's just doing what we're, like the normal stuff that we're supposed to do. Now, great job. That's awesome. I love it. But, but our, we're to build a reputation in a community. We're to, we're to live together and encourage one another. We're also to build disciplines against sinful habits. We're, we're to be disciplined people. We're to be godly people. Look at verse 30. Um, As for you, son of man, your people who talk together about you by the walls and at the doors of their houses say to each other, say to one another, each to his brother, come hear what the word is that comes from the Lord. And they come to you as a people, as pe- this is so interesting, and they come to you as people come and they sit before you as my people. And they hear what you say, but they will not do it. For with lustful talk in their mouths, they act. Their heart is set on their gain. And behold, you are to them like one who sings lustful songs with a beautiful voice and plays well on an instrument. For they hear what you say, but they will not do it. When this comes, and come it will, then they will know that a prophet has been among them. And I want you to recognize the, the posture of the people of God here. They would go, yeah, yeah, that's right, but then they wouldn't do anything about it. And as I look at this, this passage, it's striking to me as we consider the coming of Christ, as we expect the coming of Christ, and it moves us to say, look, we need to, we need to walk with the Lord. We need to follow the Lord here. And, and you know what I, I love about what Andrew's doing in our student ministry? Um, Andrew is, is helping our kids just call out loud when Satan attacks. Hey, man, that's not from the Bible. That's not in the Bible. That's from the enemy. And, and you know, they're, 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 he's kind of pushing our kids to, that when, when someone comes up with a habit or, hey, let's go do this. Ah, wait, wait, that's inconsistent with what the Bible says. This is why it's so valuable for us as a church to read the Bible. And because, because when you read it, and when you look at it, and you consider it, you start to recognize false teachers, false prophets. You start to recognize inconsistencies. The Holy Spirit starts to move. You know what else it helps you do? It helps you pay attention for opportunities to speak up. Let's, let's not miss the point of Ezekiel 33. He said, uh, Ezekiel, you're to be a watchman. Hey, you're to be like one that sounds a trumpet. And, and then he points that example out. Hey, if, if uh, you're the watchman on the wall and you sound, and you see the enemy coming and don't sound the trumpet, oh man, that's on you. But if you sound the trumpet and they just say, ah, forget you, That's on them. You know what I want us to feel today? The calling we have as followers of Christ to sound a trumpet. Because here's what we know as we think about 
I, I, like, you know, it's interesting. Look at, uh, I think it's an interesting verse. Uh, look at 21 and 22. It says, in the 12th year of our exile, in the 10th month, Ezekiel 33, 21 and 22. In the 12th year of our exile, in the 10th month, on the fifth day of the month, a fugitive from Jerusalem came to me and said, the city has been struck down. Now the hand of the Lord had been upon me the evening before the fugitive came and had opened my mouth by the time the man came to me in the morning. So my mouth was open and I was no longer mute. For seven years, Ezekiel was only allowed to speak what God had told him. And then right here, you see on the fifth month, fifth day of the month, verse 21 says, this message is delivered to Ezekiel from a fugitive. Do you realize that three years earlier, the Lord told him, in Ezekiel 24, 26 was three years earlier, the Lord said the city is going to be destroyed. And then it was. You know, there's a really important lesson here. When God makes a promise, he fulfills it. And folks, let me tell you something. Christ has been saying, he said when he was, when he had skin on, I'm going to come back. He said through Paul and the letters, he said through John and in Revelation, all through the scriptures. He said through the prophets Ezekiel and Daniel back a long time ago before Jesus even came that there's going to be an end of the world and he's coming. And folks, just like Ezekiel experienced this moment of faithfulness because he, uh, he saw God do exactly what he said he would do. Folks, let me tell you something. God is going to do that in our experience. And so, you know, here's the thing. We're called to be witnesses. And and do you know how God's plan of, you got to write this down, God's plan of communicating salvation is by the Holy Spirit through your mouth. And your mouth is only credible when your life helps back it up. I mean, God sometimes can use our mouths when our lives stink too, so I want you to know he's not bound by that. God's not bound by anything. But I'll tell you what, this morning, I asked you to consider when God confronted you, when God got in your way. I asked you to think about the person that led you to Christ. You know, it meant a lot to me this morning. I mean, I was singing this song, and Tony comes over and just hugs me. Um, you know, nine of their family members have come to Christ in the last two years, three years. And, and Friday, Paul Mitchell, his dad, went to heaven. And you know, we're sad because he's, he's a good guy. He's interesting. 
They're interesting. But I'll tell you what, we know where he is because we were there the day that he came to Christ. I baptized him in Tony's pool at his house. And you know what? Um, I'm so thankful that his son spoke salvation, a salvation message to him. So thankful. And folks, let me tell you something. Right now, we are in the days of grace. And God is communicating the message of salvation. Because you know why judgment is coming to the world. And judgment is coming to every man. And I realize the heaviness of that. But I'll tell you, you can't consider the second coming of Christ. You can't expect the second coming of Christ without heaviness. Now, heaven is amazing. And I talked about it yesterday, last week, how the blessing of getting to be in heaven. But we know it's not automatic. And so we're to understand the gospel. I want to challenge you, train yourself to share the gospel clearly, accurately, persuasively. This is who we should be as believers, as followers of Christ. We should have our eyes open. We should pay attention to the moments of, and you know, I shared the gospel this week with a guy that came and fixed a beep at my house. You had one of those beeps at your house you can't figure out. So you have to call in Cox, and they came. They came to fix the beep because I was about to throw it out the window and put it in the dog bowl. But, you know, I'm sitting there. This guy was at my house for 45 minutes. And young man that's, he's the Lord. We talked about it. But, you know, I'm not just talking about strangers. I'm talking about neighbors. Do you know that we should be the most effective and the most concerned about those we know, those we see every day. God is the one that puts us in the paths of people daily. So we're going to have, I want you to, next year we're going to be focused on I'm prayerful. I've been in the middle of 2024. We're going to be focused on sharing the gospel. But we can't wait till next year. We may not get there. I don't know. We, pro- we might. Probably will. I don't know. Maybe not. But look, we should consider the return of Christ. We should expect the return of Christ. So here's what I want us to do today in an invitation. Josh, come on up. And as we have an invitation today, I want us to, I want you to, I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. We're not going to have anybody come forward unless you just need to. 
but it'll be, but I kind of want us to sit during this invitation. But I like invitations. I think we should always have invitations. And so the invitation today is going to be different. Because in this invitation, what I want you to do is ask the Lord. First of all, if you're saved. Maybe you're like that young lady that needs to go, needed to, needed to get saved. If that's you, then don't walk out of this room. Don't leave this premises without talking to somebody. There's a lot of, I mean, you can ask somebody that looks like they're smiling. And don't walk, I mean, you can come to me. I'll, I'll be down front. I'm going to be praying like you, but I'll, and I'll get you with somebody. I'll interrupt them. But for those of you that know Christ as your Savior, this this is an invitation for you to be a watchman. And I want to ask you, challenge you, to ask the Lord to put somebody on your heart that needs Him. Somebody you know. And as you do that here in just a second, I, I some of you, like, it already came to you. Um, I want you to recognize something, that God, like in Paul's life, Paul Mitchell's life, Paul, God was at work before anybody went to him. God was at work as we were going to him. And God was at work after So I want you to know this, this name that, that's going to come to your heart and your mind. God's at work in their lives. But I want you to pray and then claim and speak up. Josh is going to lead us in a song, and when you're through dealing with the Lord, you can stand and sing. And then before Chad comes,